Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ, the podcast. I believe that the best coach you can ever have is that one person that is staring straight back at you every morning in the mirror, you. Join me in discovering some key strategies so that you can create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs. Your journey to being your own best coach starts right now. Welcome back to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Now, before we get into content today, I've got a great opportunity for those of you that want to work closely with me. There's two programs that we have currently available. One is Business Breakthrough Mastery, which is a 12-month group training program where we work together for a whole 12 months on your business and we look at all different areas of your business together. And it doesn't matter where you live because we do it all online, live. And we look at all different areas of your business. We do goal setting. We make sure that you are accountable for the results of your business. Uh, So it's a great program to be a part of if you are wanting to be accountable and you're wanting to get great results in your business and you want to have a great network of people to be able to work on your business with. Now, the other thing that that I have available is a one-on-one coaching program that I work with you one-on-one for whatever you want to work on in your life. Now, if either of those programs are of interest, make sure you either email me on jj at janellejohnston.com.au or follow me on social media on Facebook or Insta and you can just PM me a message and we can have a confidential chat. Now let's get into the content today. What I'm going to be talking about is sometimes you need to shake up to wake up. Now, I don't know about you guys, I'm in Australia, it's now November 2021. Now in Australia, the last couple of years have definitely opened my eyes to the world we live in. Of course, we've we've had a pandemic around the world and it's really enlightened me to things that were not previously in my conscious awareness or as much. And so I want to share with you today some of the things that I have learned in the last couple of years going through the pandemic. And I really believe in challenge there are always many learnings to be had if you are open to them. So I've got nine different areas that I want to talk to you about that I have learnt in the last two years going through this pandemic in Australia. Now, the first one that I've learnt, I've always known that human connection is so important. We need our tribe. We need to have people around us that are like-minded, that we are supporting each other, and we need them 
not only in a virtual sense that we can just get online and talk, we need that physical touch. We need that interaction. And it's so important that with human connection that we seek to understand each other. So there's been a lot of different values and beliefs popping up in the last 12 months, two years, and there's been differing opinions. And I know that there's been so many challenges within relationships, whether it be a husband and a wife, whether it be family, sisters, mothers, brothers, friendships. And there's even been a lot of relationships that have broken up in the last 12 months and two years because of the differing views. And for me, that's a really eye-opening learning for me because it's all about being able to seek to understand the other person, even if you have different values and beliefs. And to be able to have a grown-up, respectful debate, conversation, so that you can hash out areas of differences if you want to. And it's so easy to say, isn't it, to debate and to be open and seek to understand, but we often protect what we think is true for us. And when we have strong beliefs around things, we defend them. We defend them sometimes with our life. And as we're defending them, it can be quite challenging to be open and listening to the other person's point of view. So to be able to have healthy debates with people and I know I see a lot of this on social media where people are if you're on Facebook they're not being their friends anymore on Facebook because they have a different opinion or they get really angry at someone else's opinion this can be a really great time for us to grow to be able to say how can I have respectful conversations, debates, challenging conversations sometimes that are going to have a great outcome? How can I be able to have a mature conversation with other people even if they disagree and you disagree on values and beliefs? Now, the other thing with human connection is with all the lockdowns that have happened in the world, some of us, and particularly those on their own, I know my mum being 94, 94 years of age, and she lives on her own. And so having not having that physical touch would must be very, very challenging for people. Now, I'm very fortunate because I have my husband, I have my son living with me. And on a normal everyday year, we hug each other very, very a lot in, during the day. We just, we're huggy people. And it's interesting to know 
The fact is when you hug someone for 20 seconds or more, the feel-good hormone oxytocin is released, which creates a stronger bond and connection between the huggers. And oxytocin has been shown to boost the immune system and reduce stress. And so it really has highlighted with the lockdowns and people separated from their loved ones, how important human connection is, how important being able to hug someone is because it's good for us. It's good for our mindset. It's good for our immune system. It's good to reduce stress. And unfortunately, with these lockdowns, some people have not been able to do that. It's, it's interesting, institutions institution surveyed in 1915 reported that a majority of infants under the age of two had even died due to failure to thrive related to the lack of touch and affection. So we need that touch and affection and that human connection. And so that was really highlighted to me in the last two years, how important that is. The second thing that was highlighted to me was the importance of supporting your community. And I suppose a lot of you guys might be listening and thinking, I really focus on my community and I think about what's made in Australia, what's made in my town, where you live. And I have to say that I haven't been in the past so focused on that as I probably should have been. And it's only now where I've seen, I suppose, a clash of values with some businesses that I've really thought about where do I want to spend my money? And the community of, and I live in the region of Geelong in Victoria, Australia, I really want to support the businesses in my region. And I want to support businesses that have similar value systems as me. And so I'm thinking about now, where do I buy my prezzies for Christmas? You know, who? What's a small business owner that maybe have lost their job due to the you know what's happening in the world, and they've started their business and they're creative? Maybe that is the person I can buy presents from, rather than going to one of the big chains. For instance, where can I get my groceries from rather than going to one of the big chains that I've seen in the last two years maybe haven't got the same values as I have? Maybe it's more about going to more farmers markets. Maybe it's about going to the little delis. Like really thinking about who I'm going to be supporting in the community. So that's been highlighted for me. The third thing that's been highlighted for me is in regards to the government. And my dad, when he was alive, he used to say, don't get into arguments about politics or religion. He would, And I remember that so clearly, him saying that. And I had no interest, no interest in politics until 
a couple of years ago. And I started listening and learning about what was happening in the world and how government decisions impact me and my family and the future of this country. And so I've got a lot to learn, guys, in regards to how it works. And I suppose I was very naive, so naive, in fact. I, I've i loved to travel. My husband and I, my family, my son, and, and we all traveled a lot around the world. And I remember saying in some countries, wow, we're so fortunate in Australia because there might be a communist country. And I think, wow, we're so fortunate in Australia where we have the freedom that we have. And I remember going to Singapore, actually, and I remember my husband uh, being a smoker was had to stand in this like square. And I may have mentioned this in one of the other podcasts and he had to stand in the square outside and he wasn't allowed out the square with his cigarette. And I remember thinking, well, that's a good thing because I don't smoke and I hate the smell of smoke. And so I said to my son, oh, isn't it great that, that these people can be confined into the square <laughs> so I don't, I don't smell the smoke when I'm walking past. And my son said, well, be careful what you wish for because it's not just about standing in the square. It's about control. And I remember thinking, wow, that is true because I might be happy with that square, but what other square are people standing in that maybe I'm not happy about? And so I've really in the last two years realised that Sometimes the government do not have your best interests at heart. And not only that, that maybe they even make decisions that they know will hurt and damage people. Now, that's a big pill to swallow for a lot of people, and it definitely was for me, but it's become my reality you know, and I think the important thing was it, that when I'm thinking about voting, I'm really going to be researching my vote this time. And before it was like, oh, yeah, that person seems okay. And I know some of you probably listening are cringing right now thinking, are you serious? Are you just, you, did you just vote for anyone? And I did. <laughs> so the, the, probably I voted the person with the most charisma, you know, it's, it's probably I just wasn't into politics and I really didn't see any big, you know, big consequences for who to vote for. But now I really will be researching who I'm going to be voting for. And I found that with politics it's all tricks and smoke and mirrors you know they and I've seen in the last couple of years how many tricks there are from controlled opposition I've never you know in years for years I never heard of those two words controlled opposition what is it a controlled opposition is is a protest movement that is actually being led by the government agents so it so they've actually 
created another group or protest or movement that conflicts with another movement. So it's actually orchestrated. Now, nearly all governments in history have employed this technique to trick and subdue their adversaries. So Vladimir Lenin, I think his name is, who said the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. I'll say that again. The best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. So if you can orchestrate in a government an opposition and you orchestrate exactly how you want it to be, then you're in control of it. And it was so interesting with the protests, you know, protests that have happened in Australia and all around the world. And it's been said that there's been, you know, there's been some troublemakers, the troublemakers, particularly uh, what happened when there was still lockdown. This is fascinating, guys. I just, I, I just have to speak about this. When it was lockdown in Australia, in Victoria, there were protests that were turned violent. Now, the interesting thing was that these, it, was, it wasn't a massive group of people. Um, I don't know how many there were then, say, you know, say a thousand people. I'm making this up, but there wasn't a lot of people. But the interesting thing was that the police were out in force and they had their, their uh, bullet, you know, the rubber bullet guns and they were very forceful. And there were a couple of troublemakers there. And people were, even people that were there and peaceful had been shot with rubber bullets. And it was just terrible, terrible. And then that, because there were a couple of people that looked like they were violent, there were other people in the public saying, oh, what are these protests doing? It's locked down. And then there was anger around that. Now then fast forward, fast forward when there wasn't lockdowns, It's been said that over 800,000 people protested last Saturday just in Melbourne alone, just in Melbourne, Australia alone. Now, compared to, say, if it was 1,000 people when there was lockdowns, this was 800,000. Now, because it wasn't lockdown, the police were not heavy-handed And there was no violence. There was no people getting shot with rubber bullets. How does that happen? How can you have a thousand people and it was violent and then you have 800,000 and it's not? Really fascinating. But it's interesting because it's known with governments around the world as a strategy to pay troublemakers, to place them in crowds, to create manic and to reinforce to the public that these people, these protesters are violent. And so it reinforces that with the public. And in Victoria's case, there was also another protest group created to protest the protesters. I can't even remember what they were called, but it was another group saying, oh, these protesters, they're, you know, they're white uh, supremacists and they've 
they're doing this other protest. Well, now, where did this group come from? They came from nowhere and now we haven't heard of them again. They've suddenly disappeared. It is psychological warfare and various techniques are used and are aimed at influencing group groups' value systems, their belief systems, their emotions, their motives, their reasoning, their behaviour. I love this saying, be careful who you trust because salt and sugar look the same. I'll say that again, be careful who you trust because salt and sugar look the same. So be really have your eyes wide open. And for me, government is something that has really, in the last two years, that's been a huge learning for me to have my eyes wide open. The fourth thing that has really been highlighted for me are the laws in any country. Now, I have never been aware of when laws pass and when they don't pass. I've had no idea. You know, I might see something on the news and they say, okay, now we have to, this is this is a new road rule. You need to slow down when you're passing a bike rider and move to the side a little bit. That's how I knew about new laws. I never had and I never stopped to think about the importance of laws. So my learning is to be aware of new laws before they are passed. Because if those laws are something that are going to be detrimental to the people of this country or my future kids, grandkids, then I need to understand what that's about. So did you know in Victoria, I know this is, I think this has happened in New Zealand as well and other parts of the world, but in Victoria, Australia, that full-term abortion is legal. Full-term abortion is legal. And if the baby is born alive, it can be left to die without any painkillers. Now, I don't know about you, but when I heard that, I was mortified, completely mortified. Like when the hell did this law get passed in Victoria, Australia? When? And so, and some of you might disagree with me. You might think, you might justify it and say, well, that's okay. But for me, that's not okay. And there might be other laws that you don't know about in your own country that you think that's not okay. So I think it's really important to be aware, for me, to be aware of these laws before they pass because if it's something that's detrimental to our country and the future of our people, then I think that's something that I need to be aware of and be able to say, hey, this is, isn't right and highlight it so that people will vote or protest or whatever they need to do or put in a submission and say, hey, this isn't right, uh, to try and stop things that aren't, they think that aren't right. So the fifth one is the power of the media. Now, as I mentioned last Saturday, over 800,000 people peacefully protested in Melbourne. The biggest protest in Australia's history Now, on the front of the Herald Sun, so one of our major newspapers, 
There was zilch. Nothing. As if it didn't happen. There was some soapy star or something on the front of the Herald Sun. When does that happen? You know, when you think about the media, they can't wait to get a big story. There is the big story. The big story, the biggest protest ever in history with over 800,000 people in Melbourne protesting. And there was zilch. It was like it didn't happen. Why is that? The power of the media is huge because often people look to their television, their magazines, social media, newspapers, and they look at it as if it's truth. So if something suddenly disappears and it's not in their awareness, then they don't see it at all. So the power of the media to manipulate the world and the truth is fascinating. I saw a clip on one of the TV shows called Sunrise. And now this is a daily show. I don't watch these types of shows. But it's a daily show and it's a popular show in Australia. Now they had a show and a, a segment which was how to deal with unvaccinated family members if you if you don't want to invite them for Christmas. Like, <laughs> now, some of you, again, might be listening going, well, I don't want them at Christmas or whatever you might, your views might be. But this TV show or this sunrise show is planting a seed. So even if you were okay in saying, you say, no, I wouldn't even think like that. It's planting a seed for you to grow, for you to actually think, oh, maybe I should be thinking about who's coming to my Christmas dinner now. Maybe people that have not had the injection shouldn't come. And so it plants a seed to grow. Now, the media has got a lot to answer for because they create all these stories, they hide other stories. And so one of my learnings has been to really think about the power of the media and to search for my own truth. Now, number six that I want to talk about with my learnings is that everyone is an expert until they are not. (laughs) Everyone's an expert until they are not. You know, one day a doctor is a Nobel Prize winning expert. The next minute, they're a crazy conspiracy theorist. (laughs) And it changes. So you look on Wikipedia and one minute they are, as I said, a Nobel Prize winning expert. And the next minute they're a conspiracy theorist. They just change the narrative. They change what's on Wikipedia. They change what's on Google. So what, I'm, what I've really learned is to trust my instincts, not Google. Trust my instincts. Dig a bit deeper. Be mindful of who you look to as your authority. That is a huge one. Who are you looking to as your authority? Is it the media? Is it celebrities? Is it the government? Is it your prime minister or your premier or your, who is it? 
Be mindful of who your authority is and dive deep into searching for the truth. Now, number seven of my learnings is manipulation of information, which is a little bit of what I just talked about. But our community is so easily programmed. We emulate celebrities and TV programs. We're conditioned with language and music and headlines and photoshopped images, advertising, and those seen to be a person of influence. And even now, I can't remember what it's called, but they've you can see a video and it's deep fake or something it's called. Someone listening will know what it is, where you cha- they change your face. So you could be watching a video and they've actually put someone else's face on the other person's face. And so it looks like you're watching someone and it's not even them. Like that is so scary that that can be happening. Now these leaders that manipulate information, they use neuro-linguistic programming, which is a powerful unconscious techniques that can influence people's mindsets so it's about language and it's they're manipulating people's brains and and brains and it's powerful it's really powerful now conspiracy theory they even say things like uh with language they might say things like that person's a conspiracy theorist so, so that they label people in a way that makes them less than I know that there was a was I think our premier was saying that there's a disease of the unvaccinated, you know. So so he's pushing the agenda so that people think, wow, I'm going to stay away from those people. Even now, and it's interesting because the the biggest the best lies are when they're mixed with the truth. The best lies are when they're mixed with the truth. So. Sometimes you even question, you go, well, is this right? Because right now they're, they're, looking at, they're looking at censoring things. And I know our prime minister was saying, we're, you know, we're looking at making sure that the trolls, there's trolls and we've got it for safety for children. We've got to make sure that we look at trolls and understand who they are and make sure that we know who they are. They can't be anonymous now. Now, that might sound all good. So some of you guys might be going, well, that's good. We need safety and, you know, there's some some really bad characters on the internet. We need to know who they are. But be very mindful of also where that will go. Now, for me, I was, I'll give an example. I was on LinkedIn and I saw a comment from our Prime Minister who said that the injections are safe and effective. They're 100% safe and effective. Well, that is not accurate. And so I respectfully said that in a comment and I said, well, I don't think that is accurate because you can't say that something is 100% safe and effective. And then suddenly my comment's gone, gone. And it came up and it said that, you know, my comment has been deleted now, I just questioned, I questioned a fact. That's all I did. I wasn't abusive. Now, that was a huge learning for me. I'm like, what? I can't question that. And then the next minute, I can't get into LinkedIn. And then LinkedIn said, well, if 
I get a message to say you're blocked from here and I need to get the way that I can get in is either if I give my driver's license or my passport and I'm like are you kidding me are you kidding me why and so we've got to connect to the dots yes so it's again it's that you know that censorship and they did the same thing with YouTube an interesting thing with YouTube now the, again this could sound great because they're saying I'm not we're not going to put the numbers of dislikes in the on that button you know when you click dislikes and it sees how many dislikes there are we're not going to put that there because it makes people feel bad right and it's interesting now this is really interesting because you can still see the likes so far unless they're going to change that you can still see the amount of likes but you can't see the dislikes and interesting things that have happened in the last two years where people are are questioning things these videos now look like people are supporting something more so than not supporting because you can't see the dislikes and usually they'll they'll they delete comments or have no comments at all so from someone looking in and not knowing and not understanding what's happening they could look at a video and think oh all these people are liking them because they can't see how many people dislike it they can't see that so there's no comparison there and then all the the negative comments that people are questioning are deleted so that's really interesting and then there might be well that video that i talked about the sunrise video now the sunrise video who questioned if people should be at christmas or not if they've had the injection you know it's about okay maybe they shouldn't be at our christmas and you've got to tell loved ones that they can't come to christmas day now i know when that came out people were furious about that now the interesting thing about that is now that you can't see any dislikes they've turned off all the comments there's no comments there's no dislikes and the interesting thing is that I know there was such a drive that people were saying, right, I'm going to report this video, I'm going to report this video. Now, I have seen so many videos and so many so many comments and things on YouTube that have been deleted because of not going with the government narrative. However, this video, who I know... I know has been reported numerous accounts because of the people I know and the groups that I've seen is still sitting there it's still sitting there and it's sitting there showing the likes showing no negative comments and showing no dislikes because you can't see it so then it presupposes to whoever sees it that that's okay and so the manipulation of information is huge and we are constantly taking on new beliefs that sometimes don't serve us by this manipulation of information. So we need to be a guardian of our minds. Now, the eighth thing that I've learned is to upgrade my beliefs. I have to be so open to being wrong, to challenge my ideas of the truth, to dig deeper and to 
take on information, not to take on information blindly as being accurate. And that's with everything. Now, there's so many memes people post or are, are they true? You know, are, is this true? Is this information true? Where did that fact come from? And so really questioning that and remembering that we are conditioned to want to be right. <laughs> so when we see things that that connect with what we think is right, then we can accept it a lot easier. And so we've got to be really mindful of challenging what we already know. So we need to be a healthy skeptic. And the last thing that I want to talk about that I've learnt is that culture can easily be changed. Do you remember when a few years ago when Black Lives Matter it went crazy on the internet. I remember firstly seeing the posts coming from celebrities, Black Lives Matter, and people were changing their Facebook statuses and their profile picture and putting a Black Lives Matter and support of the non-discrimination. And it went huge. Why? Because they had a big celebrity drive. And people thought we would never, you know, three years ago, if we asked people, they would say we would never discriminate here in our country. Never, never, ever. Yet, where are we now? We would say hell no three years ago that we would ever, ever discriminate in regards to anyone's medical, own personal medical decisions. Yet now, in Australia, we've got non-injected people that can't take their kids to sport. We even have non-injected people that have been refused by healthcare professionals. It's madness. And many people in Australia have shifted their beliefs based on the conditioning, the social conditioning. It's like the new normal. And it's suddenly okay to do this. They're justifying that that's okay. We have people that can't go and sit down and have a cup of coffee in a cafe because they're their own personal medical decision. It's crazy. And the crazy thing is that whether you're injected or not, you both spread it. It's really who's sick or not, not who's injected or not. Yet people have this mindset because of all the conditioning that's happened that they're fearful of each other. We have people that are injected that are, are fearful of people that are not injected because they think that they will spread the illness. And then we have people that aren't injected that are scared of injected people because they think that they shed the virus. And this division is horrible. Yet this has happened in two years. If we would have asked any Australian three years ago, would you ever discriminate against somebody because they didn't have their flu injection? or any other medical condition, they would say, hell no. But it's happening here in Australia. 
So as this is, this podcast is called, sometimes you need something to shake you up, to wake you up. And it's definitely woken me up. You know, we've talked about the nine things and I've there's many, many other things that I've learnt in the last couple of years. But the nine things I talked about, which was human connection, supporting your community, the government, laws, the power of the media, everyone's an expert until they're not, the manipulation of information, upgrading your beliefs and how culture can easily, easily be changed. I used to think back in history when I heard about things in history and think, how does that happen? How do people let that happen? The, The story of Rosa Parks many years ago and I'm not sure if it was 1969 I'm saying that because I thought it was the same year that I was born that this happened but I could be wrong I'm happy to be wrong but I think it was in 1969 where Rosa Parks a lady of colour gets on a bus and sits in a seat that is for the white people and then she refused to get up and she made history because she stood up for what she believed in now how challenging would have that would that have been and she was arrested for doing it but she stood she stood for what she believed was right that she wasn't a second-rate citizen that she equally like anyone else can sit in that seat And I think about how history, I used to think, how does that happen? How, how do people, why are people so unkind? Like how, how can that happen? How can someone treat someone else like they're a second rate citizen because of the color of their skin, because of the religion, whatever it is. And now it's for whatever medical procedure they have or have not done yet here we are in Australia in 2021 where it's all playing out and as a coach I've learned so much and I continue to learn so much and I'm happy to be wrong but I'm also happy to stand out and say when I think things are wrong and I'm more than happy to stand up for what I believe in because I believe that we all should have our voice. We should all stand up and we should always have freedom of self-expression. And I hope that we continue to have that in this country. So whether you have believed or agree with anything that I've said in this podcast, I hope and I trust that it's made you think a little and question a little more and maybe shake you up and wake you up a little bit more (laughs) like it's continuing to do for me. And I want to finish on this. Have you woken up yet? And the big question is whether we will ever, ever be completely awake.
Thanks for tuning in to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram at JJ Speaker Coach. And remember to live with insatiable passion, create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs.